House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com. Our email address. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. You might have missed us in the feed last week. <laughs> At least I hope you missed us. I don't know <laughs> if anybody missed us, but the, it was a rare occasion, Jason, where we, we did not record an episode uh, last week, but we are back now. Yeah, it was. So sorry about that. You know, I know I, I, I don't like when my podcasts aren't like there. You know, that's 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 frustrating. So apologies for that. It was a uh, it, it was unfortunately some some bad news on on my end. Uh, basically, well, yeah, my, my mom got uh, diagnosed with brain cancer. And so she was in the hospital and doing some surgery and stuff. So not not the most fun things. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing it takes for us to miss an episode. <laughs> when you said that to me, I said only Jason could make a joke out of this. And it's, uh, I mean, first of all, just incredibly sorry that, that you've been going through all this, buddy. I mean, it's t- to getting your texts and everything. I've been trying to keep keep updated but um you are the world's most optimistic person so uh to have to have this uh happen anybody obviously bad but uh when when you mentioned that you weren't gonna be able to record last week and and you told me why it's like well that's probably the only thing (laughs) that would keep him from doing this stupid stupid podcast that we've done (laughs) i looked up the last time we missed it yeah um the very last week of 2015 which would have been um, not my initial back surgery, but my recovery from uh, I had to re- get it done because of because of, of an infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before that, I think I, I think we missed because my computer broke down in like our first like three months of doing the podcast. So th- the stakes keep getting higher for us to miss a miss an episode. You know, you go from laptop <laughs> to back surgery to to brain surgery. Those I feel like some something really is crazy is going to have to happen for us to miss another one. You keep making me laugh about this. <laughs> You know, I, you kind of have to. I feel like that's the that's the way to go. I mean, yeah, it's like I said, only only you could could uh, manage to, to lighten the mood here. And um, I mean, your mom. I mean, I just remember her in, in high school. Just the, the biggest fan of any any kids running out there was your mom, and I think she kind of passed on that that positive attitude to you. So it's it's fit, fitting that you still are uh, upbeat about all this. Yeah, it's it's obviously. I mean, it's been a brutal. I I know if I tried to record last week, I just wouldn't be able to get into the Birmingham Diamond League meet with like any <laughs> sort of you? real, any sort of like real like uh, you know focus or or anything. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 been rough. But uh, yeah, and that's we're a pretty positive uh, group overall. And she's been. Whereas, like, the rest of us have, like, obviously had very, very rough moments. I haven't seen her, like, be anything less than super positive and, and happy throughout all this. So that makes me, uh, you know, makes me feel better. So we're just uh, kind of hoping hoping for some luck. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a tough situation. But now, uh, now we can talk some run. Let's talk some run. Yeah. Let's talk that Birmingham Diamond League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I guess three big takeaways when you when you actually have a week to like wait on it. I mm-hmm. guess things certain things don't seem as consequential in that meet. So I just narrowed it down to th- 
three big takeaways just from Birmingham, mm-hmm. which was the the very close men's hundred, Emmanuel Career dominating the eight hundred and breaking one forty three again, mm-hmm. and then Miller Weibo pushing back against Asher Smith. Not literally, there was no there was no <laughs> fighting in the women's two hundred, but pushing back at the idea that I guess the idea that we started. <laughs> that right. I started that, that Asher Smith was now moving into that area of potentially top dog in the 200. So those those were my those are my three. But I don't I haven't talked to you about the meet, so I don't know I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, that men's hundred. You know, you had Coleman and Lyles, um, Reese Prescott in there. Um, basically, so Coleman gets the win, but Prescott ba- ran basically exactly the same time with mm-hmm. Lyles third. Um, yeah, I mean, career is just become clearly the the class. I guess he has kind of already been, but he seems, you know, just a, just a step ahead of everybody mm-hmm. else at this point. Um, yeah, that, that women's two. You know, Ash Smith. I was I was very high on her as well. I just Shawnee Miller just it, it seems like. I mean, if she's running right, I, it's so hard to see her losing just because she seems like the prototypical two hundred four hundred, just like cannot be beat kind of kind of person so um yeah i mean outside of that yeah there were a few like withdrawals uh from that meet that kind of took a you know a little bit away from from some of the other events but but uh yeah i think that's it i mean then we have you know the diamond league finals coming up which are obviously loaded i mean we're you know maybe there's a couple things like miller's not in the four unfortunately um i know i'm still ahead here but she's you know she's in the two but but obviously i mean basically every um event you know these these this upcoming weekend is is loaded so you got Zurich on Friday, Thursday. Sorry, mm-hmm. I should know that because I just wrote a preview. <laughs> and Brussels on on Friday. You're, why do they put the women's two and four in the same meet? Yeah, that doesn't seem to make any sense. I have a lot of questions. You could put the one and four in one, and yeah, the two and the other. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, give people the chance to double. Like that seems like a shippers no-brainer. is shippers is doubling in the one and two. There's not many people who are going back to back because these are two meets in two different countries, but. Yeah, putting Miller Weibo, or not putting her, but having her run the two, and there's no Asher Smith in that race, and then you have Nasser in the four. I wanted to see the Miller Weibo Nasser matchup again. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that's been, you know, to me that was the race of the year um, so far. That you know that last matchup they had, and Miller goes forty eight, and Nasser's been unbelievable all season. Like, yeah, we I think you know we all wanted that, and. It's not like the foreign yeah. field is terrible now, but it's just like I don't see anybody who can possibly push Nasser, Nasser really. No, not at all. The men's sprints. I don't know if Lyles would have done the would have done the double, but he just missed out on qualifying in the hundred. Mm. So instead, in that hundred, you're going to get Ronnie Baker, who set the world lead somewhat quietly, nine eighty seven, took a hundredth off the old mark. You have Baker and Coleman going in that race with Reese Pres- I mean Reese Prescott deserves top line mention now I think I mean last two races broken 10 seconds and you take Coleman to the line I think you're Oh yeah I think you're there and then the two the two in Zurich is basically Lyles v I hate to say it but it's true Lyles v Guliev Yeah I, it really is I mean you have Dream Richards in there and Whatnot, but yeah, I, I think I mean Lyles is. I, I would still be shocked if Lyles lost, um, even though you know Gouliev's run nineteen seven and he's he's looked really good. Um, Lyles has run nineteen six mid a couple times, 
and mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if he you know runs something like that or even even if he prs here uh in the last race of the season i it, it, you know he hasn't really i don't think he's had like a random peak yeah he didn't run great in the hundred necessarily um in birmingham but mm-hmm. it, you know he's I, he's still he's a a 200 guy i think uh, initially so if he, you know if he gets off to a good start i just don't see any way he, that he could lose you talking about Guliev? Yes, definitely Guliev. Just it's, I mean, it, it just it would be great though if Guliev just becomes like the just just dominant force in the two. There's, there's no way he breaks 1976, is there? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I guess you go, hey, if if, if Lyles runs 196, 19.60 or something like that, I mean, maybe Guliev could run 19.7 low or something. I, 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 I just made all it. the labels already for the vodka. Right. It's, very true. Be a shame. Throw them all out. I'm sure he's got a tattoo about it already, so he doesn't get that changed. Like, there's there's a lot of things going on. Uh, men's four. McWalla pulled out. Haroon pulled out. I think that one to me is just Stephen Gardner versus the clock. We'll see if Fred Curley can mix it up in there, but I yeah. don't see. I yeah, don't Curley see. hasn't done a whole lot this year. Um, yeah, it's been a you know yeah Gardner definitely looks like a, a big step up from everybody else. So. Mm-hmm. You have yeah, Thebe, Santos, Curly, like guys who are you know solid runners, but not really anyone who expect to go sub forty four. Gardner has gone sub forty four this year. He hasn't run a whole lot, so I, I'm not even sure mm-hmm. what to fully expect from him. Yeah, that's the big the big question there. I'm just going up in distance. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, because basically every race is worth bringing up at least. So women's eight, it looks like a rabbit's listed in there with with Semenya and company. Um, there was one Wambui scratched, so Lipsy got in. So the U.S. has Wilson and Lipsy. This Diamond League is a final is particularly insignificant just because they're not getting a bye to next year, even if you win it, because next year's bye is going to be dictated by next year's Diamond League because the meet is so late. Yeah, that's true. In the year. So really you're just racing for money and bragging rights, I guess. I don't know if people brag to, like, their Moroccan competitors <laughs> once they beat them. Like, ha But I... It would be all the pieces are there for that women's eight to be fast again. Yeah. But they've just had their fastest race of the year like three different times. I just, going to the well again in the very, very end of August seems like a little bit too much to ask mm. of them. But then again, if Semenya, even if Semenya doesn't do it and a bunch of them fall apart behind them. Maybe one of them has a good race, and we get to see someone set a set a really good time. But, I mean, I just see... You know, speaking of consistency, you know the last time Kasser Semenya lost an 800? 2015 or something? I don't was know. It, guess, guess if it was before or after the last time we missed a week. <laughs> I'm particularly... This is the only stat I'm proud about with our... Po- really proud about with our podcast, which is yeah. I'm, I'm bragging about uh, it. So, January, basically... 2016 or later or 2015 and earlier i'm gonna go before before the last time yeah you're right september yeah. 6 2015 wow yeah and i wouldn't expect her to lose this obviously just because she doesn't lose but yeah if she even you know she's run 154 too so mm-hmm. even if you go you know hey you don't expect her to, to pr if she could run 155 low mm-hmm. she could possibly drag you know a couple people to to prs or, or some some very fast times Women's 15 is my favorite race. Yeah, it's fascinating. Of all of this. Is Simpson's on the start list, right? Simpson is on the start list. Um, obviously, Hulahan's on there. Uh, Muir, Hassan, 
Um, Semenya could have been on there. Semenya could have, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, like a Dababa, I guess you'd want to throw in here. But Yeah, and, different know, events. Ch- Chibet and... Sagai. Sagai. I mean, that's, it's, that's, a, that's a loaded field, and you have, you know, yeah, can Hula, you know, you've called Hulahan the best 1,500-meter run in the world, and this will be a very, very good test of that. She hasn't lost outdoors. Yeah. No, it wouldn't surprise me at all if she were to win this race. Jason, is... she hasn't lost outdoors. She's like had that <laughs> dramatic pause there. Uh, Fight me. Yeah, hey, I, I you know, I, it's, it's, it's you look got at everything this... you'd want in this race. You look at this field, though, and just, like, looking at it literally on your computer screen, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, Hulan's favorite. It's not even, like, a stretch of, like, oh, man, she could beat that person. And maybe it's just because, like, you can discount a lot of these people as, like, okay, Hulan's clearly better than them. It's just a matter of, okay, is her kick going to be there, right? Is she going to be able to pass us on in the last hundred? Or what crazy move is Mira going to make? Um, she's definitely the favorite in this race. I would have liked to have seen Dababa. And Semenya in here, they're both running, you know, different events and different days. But mm-hmm. I'm not advocating for one Diamond League final with half the events, but they're <laughs> a lot better. But maybe I am. I right. Yeah, it Simpson be, pulls this off? It, it, you can't completely discount her for sure. She's still run 359 this year. It's not like she's like over the hill, you know, past her prime. Like she's still really, really good. And she'll probably run a perfectly smart race. And. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be really interesting, but Hulahan, you know, she has what the fastest time in the field this year. I don't mm-hmm. know if she has the fastest time in the world this year or not. I'm not sure if somebody run faster, but um, yeah, I mean, Hulahan, Hassan, Muir, Simpson, Sagai, it's it's, it's Chimbet. It's it's a loaded field that could go a lot of different ways. But I, I mean, I think you're right. Hulahan's a favorite, even if I think it's she's not necessarily a huge favorite because it's hard to be a huge favorite in this race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. It's just cool to see um, that, like that group, like run, just keep running it back, kind of like the men's hundred. It's like, all right, keep going, yeah. keep going. <laughs> we're just gonna keep, we're gonna keep doing it. And I mean, women's this the women's mid distance to into distance is fascinating because you have a lot of overlaps, you have a lot of familiar names, but the downside to it is, um people can only run one of or when they have to choose just one event and they don't choose the same event then you're like yeah okay yeah world lead actually do you know who has the world lead you probably won't be able to guess this i probably won't no take it's not shelby Hulian, i'll tell you that take one guess who has it i mean i know they're not in this field so i like i would guess like to baba or something like that correct a little known runner by <laughs> but june 8th she ran 356 68 okay Still scared of Shelby, though. Right. She don't want none of Shelby in this race. <laughs> um, that's women's 15. Men's 8 and 15. I mean, 8, no Nigel Amos. Bummer. Uh, you get career again. You get Clayton Murphy trying to bounce back after Birmingham. Men's 15, I was like, eh, on. But then there were some scratches, and Lil Britson got in. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm back yeah. aboard the 1500. <laughs> it can do no wrong. Yeah, I mean, you got Chariot in there, who's the favorite for sure he's been really great all year um but you got yeah a couple a couple britsons uh a geeter wode double britson double britson suleiman like this is this is a good rate and you know who who knows how fast or whatever it's gonna be but i mean if you leave it if you leave it slow then little britson's gonna gonna be you know forced to reckon with here 
Do you, yeah, Chariot's won every Diamond League but one. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's a bigger favorite than Houlihan is. Yeah, definitely. And Ingebrigtsen, this is the... I wrote this in the... I ranked all the events um, on my flow track preview this week. Mm, this one, the, just the Zurich one, and then my colleague Lincoln is doing the same for Brussels. So there's like nine track finals in each. Um, one to nine, what I'm most interested in. Mm. And this one was like super low, and then Ingebrigtsen got in. But one of the things I brought up and it was basically like he's only 17 but like outside of major championships like there are fewer and fewer things that he has like left to accomplish already and it's pretty crazy to say that like he already has the insanely fast time right 331 yep he won the two european medals boom this year he can't get a he can't get an olympic medal or a world championship medal right so like literally the only other thing he could possibly ring out of 2018 would be like to win this race anything less than that it's not a disappointment but anything less than that it's something that we've already now grown accustomed to oh Ingerbitson got fifth oh okay oh Ingerbitson ran 332 oh okay never mind the fact that he's 17 right but but there's just like not that many things left on his on his to-do list especially if there's not a global medal at stake yeah, or you're right. I mean, he he won a Diamond League, right? Or did no, he, not? he was well. He won Peyton Jordan, mm-hmm. which is not Diamond League. No, uh, f- for those of you ardent track <laughs> fans who watch listen to this show, uh, and then he was what fourth in Monaco. I guess that's yeah. I guess I just uh, thought of him winning, but I, I seen him win enough races where I just assumed one of them was a Diamond League, but I guess not. He's only Monaco was that's why he barely got in. Yeah, was because he only ran. Um, one diamond. I mean, he ran pre, but that wasn't a diamond league race. Mm. And he got uh, fourth at pre. And then, that's weird. That wasn't, I guess that wasn't, yeah, because I was looking at his points. I was like, how did he barely get in? I think he only had points for Monaco. Uh, and then in Oslo, he was third. And then, I mean, he won the European Championships and he won the Norwegian Championships, surprisingly. Right. Shocker. Yeah, so I, I'm excited for for Little Britson, and maybe maybe this is Middle Britson's revenge. It sounds like a horror movie. Like that's Middle Britson's revenge, but I will. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, the men's fifteen. Yeah, it just hasn't been as good as the women's fifteen for I don't know as long as we've been doing the show, basically. But <laughs> um, yeah, th- this definitely has has some intrigue in there. The longer stuff, the three thousand steeple and the five thousand. Uh, I guess men's five, the big question is, will they break 13? Because if they don't, it'll be the first year pretty much since 1993 that there's been no sub-13 clocking, unless they do it some random meet the remaining couple months of the year. But it, it doesn't look good. Right. Uh, women's, it has Dababa in there. I think she's a little vulnerable. Last time out, she got beat pretty badly by Hassan and Obiri. Is Hassan doing both? Hassan's doing both, right? Hassan's doing both, yeah. Okay, that's... Of course, because p- she's Hassan, and she's Dude, just... Can, how many times do I have to sign up for the Sif and Hassan fan club before <laughs> right. you believe me that she is the past, present, and future of distance running? She's... I, I don't know how you don't love her. She she runs like crazy, and she's great yeah. at everything. Um, she gets framed for DQing just because she has long arms. Nice. <laughs> uh, will this be the first time... 
since the world record that we see Beatrice Chepkowicz? Oh, the steeple. Maybe since the eight eight forty four heard around the world. That's, that's not a thing. I just made that up. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was caught up by Hassan because I was just looking. No, at No, go like, ahead. Do Hassan first. I'm I'm going too quickly. In no, not at all. Here. I just I, I was like I just clicked on her because I was just like oh you know I just want to take a look and it's like. 800, 156, 15, 356, 3,000, 828, 5,000, 1422. Like, mm-hmm. my God. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty insane. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the range is crazy. Um, Chepkowicz did run after. She ran the African Games. Oh, okay. And she won that in 859. Yeah, um, that's... But, yeah, you got Frerichs and Coburn. You got everybody back there. Exactly. So that's 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 enough right there. I mean, obviously, you know, hey, you have the world record holder in there and a bunch of very fast Kenyans. That's always good, but that's that is most diamond leagues and most steeples. Um, but if you throw in the gold and silver medalists, that's weird um, from from the U.S., <laughs> then that gets a lot more gets a lot more interesting. Yeah. Same with the men's side. Um, really, I mean, you have men's side. You know, steeple has everybody in there. I mean, it has you know Jagger and. And Boar and El Bacali, um, and then all the fast Kenyans as well. Okay, yeah, it's it's. I'm more into the women just because I do not know what the heck is going to happen with Chepkowicz, and this is the first race since Frerichs and Coburn is like officially been proclaimed a rivalry. Yeah, that's true. By me, by me, um, and you. <laughs> the men's Jagger going to break eight. He's, he'll have a shot. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm not betting on it, just because I, I usually do bet on it, and then it doesn't happen. But um, I mean, he'll, he'll he'll be right in. I, he will be, you know, within a couple meters of the lead with a lap to go, and then it's a matter of if like he can have that that close. Like he just he hasn't quite had that, um, yep. you know, for the past couple of years. It, it's been like he's still very good, and he can you know finish second and third and. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all, obviously, but he just doesn't seem to have, you know, and, and he has the crazy 1500 meter speed. So we know he has that speed, right. but obviously, you know, 2,600 meters of steeple chasing can, can take that out of your leg. So we'll see if he, if he has a, a last lap in him. Evan Jagger's like 800.45. I have the most infuriating steeple PR. Yeah. And then Conceslas Kipruchu says, hold my steeple barrier. <laughs> I've run eight oh oh point one two. Oh, yeah, and Jagger's with with the trip in the in the one. Yeah, I think Jagger's like, is actually it. yeah, just yeah. because it was like he had that in the bag, and then it just just got away. Uh yeah, it's. I mean, you'd think Kipruchu would be with all the medals he has. You'd think he'd be under eight, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it seems like Jagger. I mean, it's you know, it's it is arbitrary overall, but it's still not like i mean if it's you know anytime you're a runner or in you know most sports where it's just that little bit like just yeah and uh, you know half a second can you know put you in the sevens like that that looks so much it's so much more satisfying yeah it's it's what he deserves it just because that paris race yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's not fair it's not fair that he doesn't have a a time under eight so both those people yeah both those people should be good i mean everybody came to play on those I don't see any big name scratches, right? So, because the women's, you got Chip Koich, Chesspool, Frerichs, Coburn, Jerutu, Kiang. I think everybody's there. You have Fancy Chirono. She's so 
Fame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's such an awesome name. Right? Fancy, it is. It's Fancy really Chirono. <laughs> that's terrific. Hurdles? Men's foreign hurdles. Samba decided to do the Asian games and is not going to show up. So we're not going to get a chance to see if he goes seven for seven in Diamond Leagues. Boo. Yeah, man, that's interesting just to pass on the pass on the Diamond League belt. That's it's tough. Like I said, it's, it, there's no buy on the line, which that you know might have been the uh, the tiebreaker there. Like, yeah, because because he wouldn't qualify from with Qatar. Right. Well, that's true too. But it never hurts to have that. You know, it's in your back pocket. But um, yeah, I think the 400 hurdles. Yeah. Like we, we, you know, we've been talking about. Hey, the 400 hurdles are way more interesting this year than they have in the past. But these 400 hurdle races are less interesting than most of the other ones throughout the year. Yeah, I think he got tired of the Diamond League song. He had been to so many meets yeah, that he got tired of hearing the. Da, 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 da. Uh, he got Warholm, who any other year would have been the top dog, and Capello's in there. So still some and McMaster. I think all three of those guys have gone under forty-eight, which has been really rare recently. But you're missing the guys, you know Benjamin, obviously, who's ended his season a while ago, and now Samba. Women's four hurdles. Shamir Little's there, but again, you're missing a big name there with no Sydney. Mm-hmm. Men's high hurdles, Shubenkov's back. I, for a while, I was thinking, oh, this is the uh, guy who can break 12-9. But last couple of races, he's he's slowed down. So we'll see if he can get back on track. And then women's, I'm assuming everybody's there in that women's race. Yeah, I mean, it's every week, basically. Everybody's there, it seems like, in the in the women's hurdles. So, um, you know, I haven't even clicked on the on the start list. I think I just assumed <laughs> it was its usual, usual <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, I got it now. It's Harper, Nelson, Harrison, Manning, McNeil, Nelvis. Oh, this should be. I wonder if this is Don Harper Nelson's last race, like ever, ever. Hmm. All right, pulling for her. Come on, Don Harper Nelson. Yeah, go out on, go out on top. But Kenny Harrison and McNeil, Nelvis, Manning, obviously, typically, typically strong. I think we got to all of the. Big name uh, track events. I guess did we even talk about the women's hundred? Um, women's hundred, I didn't talk about too much, just because. I mean, it's I mean, it's the same names who've been running basically all year. I guess it's you know Asher Smith versus like Talu and yeah Ahore have been the big names there all year. That's it. Yeah, that's so, it for me. So that'll Talu be interesting. Versus, I mean, I'm just inter- it's just in the same way I'm interested in Guliev, just because like you're interested in seeing the race after the race. Yeah, and with. With Asher Smith, I guess this would be the race after the race after the race. But it's their first 100 after the Eurochamps PR. There might be something there. Yeah, and, it's and, a, and it's, it is a, a loaded field. Toulouse has been great all year. Um, hasn't lost 100. Yeah. It, oh, is that true? It, hasn't lo- it doesn't seem like she's lost. So has not lost 100. That'll be really lost weird. a lot of 200s. Yes. Lost a lot of 200s. But has been but just hey. phenomenal in the 100. So, um, yeah. yeah, that'll be a really, really interesting race. Uh, you know, Asher Smith is, or they have the exact same mm-hmm. PR, uh, season best, I should say. So, Yeah. I mean, the top of both the men's and women's 100 is really crowded, right? I mean, for the men now, what's the the men's list? So you have Baker at 987. Then at 988, you have Lyles. And then at 989, you have Rogers, And then at 991, you have Hughes, Sue, Vico. And at 9.92, you have Isaiah Young. So you have uh, seven guys within 0.05 seconds of each other. Yeah, that's... And 97, like, seems like, wow, that's... It, 
I would have guessed the season best was higher than that, like the the world lead. But yeah, it's just there's been so many high nine eights and low nine nines. It, it's like there hasn't been the one big performance, just a lot of like good performances. When's the last time you think the season best in the men's hundred was nine eighty seven? Didn't we make? Did one of us make a what do you call it about this bold prediction? Oh, but uh, did I? Say Coleman was going to do something crazy. I might have. I thought it was time. I might. I might be. I'm probably conflating the years. But guess when the last time the men's hundred season best was 987 or slower. <sighs> I'm going to guess. Take, it was take your time. Pre Usain Bolt. This. I'm going to say. I'm still looking it up. So take your time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, was there like a lull like before? I guess it would have been before us off of Powell as well. But then you had like. Maurice Green and stuff. Man, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Well, I'm at 2004, and it's still no. <laughs> oh, not, so 2004, Gatlin was 1985. So we're getting closer. Like, Yeah. Oh, oh here oh, we two, go. Oh, one. We got it. Oh, three. Oh, three. 9.93 by Patrick Johnson of Australia. Of course. Sprinting powerhouse. So there we go. This will be the... Yeah, this is that's the end of the, I guess that's the end of the gat or end of the green era transition into the. Someone sets the world lead in this race. That's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, so wait. I think Coleman's running like nine eighty five or nine eighty four this race. Coleman's running nine eighty five this race. Yeah. Okay. I can see it. It is funny that if you look at so that stat that I mentioned. Uh, four stats ago, of just the the hundred. Yeah, right. You could so you could draw the line at nine ninety three. So you have uh, nine guys within point zero six seconds of each other in the hundred, and none of them are named Christian Coleman. That's true. He's nine ninety four along with Reese Prescott. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's really it's really interesting. I mean, there is no you know it seems like Coleman Baker, um, you know Lyles. Maybe you could throw him in there. You know, you, you might put some of those guys like, oh, those are the the guys who seem like they're in control of the future, and they are super young and and talented. But it's like, no, they they don't really have any separation, yeah, from the rest of this huge pack. You know, Coleman ran nine eight low last year, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, uh, Otto said we wouldn't get nine sevens uh, next year or whatever, so we'll see. Yeah, it seems so far away, right? I mean, I, I mean, Baker is sharp this year and is in Baker's running. Been Maybe the, probably the most consistent sprinter in the world. I guess that's out of Tulu, but yeah. Well, this is Baker this year. 987, 988, 990, 990, 990. <laughs> Those are all wind legal ones, too. Yeah. 993, 994. He's been, yeah, he's yeah. been great. You just want me to read Ronnie Baker times? Please, the just the rest of the episode, and we'll just slowly fade <laughs> to black. The executive producer, sure. Dick Wolf. <laughs> All right, let me let me do his whole year. Ready? Mm-hmm. Nine ninety seven, ten flat, nine seven eight, wind dated, nine nine three, ten flat, nine ninety four, nine ninety, nine eighty eight, nine ninety eight, nine ninety, nine ninety, nine eighty seven. It's a really good year. Yeah, it's a really really well good done, year. Man. Well done, Mister Baker. Do you want any field events? Do you want to jump into? <sighs> um, no, Juan Miguel Echeverria. Where'd the guy who jumped out of the pit? go in the long jump he just did that awesome jump and then it's like later guys yeah 
I just make viral content and then I leave. <laughs> I'm a millennial. That's true. Yeah, I I don't know. Is there something yeah on the field side that's getting you know really was, really got your attention? I mean, I was most excited about seeing him jump all year. I wanted to see him just keep going and keep going and and never stop. Uh, I mean, men's javelins. Just, I mean, all the German dudes just chucking it super far is is always fun to see. Um, I mean, is Mondo? I would say Mondo's in, in there. So okay, so then yeah, that yeah that 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 might be it because you have Lamillonet, you have Mondo, you have you know Sam Kendricks, you, uh, who else? Braz. So it's yeah. It, it's a, yeah, that's that's good, and you know, just seeing this child be, you know, could very well win this rate, uh, win this meet on top of everything else is just crazy. Yeah, well, six oh five. We'll see where he goes from here. Yeah, remember, he's going to college this year, and plans to compete in the SEC. <laughs> it's gonna be brutal for him. I don't know how I'll navigate it, Jason. It's just it's tough. gonna be tough. We got some doping positives to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Kippy gone bet. Canadian 800 meter runner, silver medalist, world championships. First, he got suspended for skipping a drug test, and then it came out uh, they tested positive for EPO, hmm. making his first thing just seem really redundant. Right, that's it's like getting a speeding ticket after you rob a bank. I don't know what their uh, the analogy would be. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that like I, you know, I saw this and I was like, of course, you know, I know Kippy on bet, but then they said twenty year old bet, and I was like, my god, he's only twenty. Feels like he's been around for a few years, which I guess he yeah. has. But the fact that he's only twenty, and you know, he was a medalist, so you know, that's just um, going to take. You know, Kyle Langford tweeted about it mm-hmm. about how it would have been nice to to get a medal, you know, in front of the crowd, which it absolutely would have. Um, so yeah, that that sucks. But I mean, I guess overall it's better, you know, to get the medal at some point than not at all. So, yeah, I yeah, and then the other one was Demi Payne, test positive for anabolic steroid. Haven't seen her in a while since the Olympic trials in sixteen. But remember, she like burst on the scene, won the NCAA title. Um, after she she had a kid the previous year, so I think at fourteen she was out. She had a kid, and then came back and had this really uh, incredible story. Ne- didn't qualify for the world championship team in 2015, but then didn't qualify for the Olympics in 2016. Yeah, so she, her PR in let me get this right here. Her PR in 14 uh, was 425. Was it her lifetime best before that? And then she came back and was vaulting. She vaulted 490 indoors. Jeez. Um, so like a massive, a massive uh, personal best. So that that was announced just now, and the test apparently came um, like two years ago. So that was kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, both these... You got anabolic steroids and EPO. These are like old school drug busts. Like we're not yeah. even some... It's not like the weird substances that i don't understand and not really mm-hmm. sure what's happening it's like no we're just straight up doing the doing the regular like okay cool like i can yeah, understand so, these and these are pretty easy to uh yeah they're pretty straightforward so yeah her last competition was olympic trials in 16 it hasn't vaulted since but like she apparently tested positive it was at u.s u.s indoors 
in 2016. So, like, if she does have a um, four-year suspension, like, she'd be back in 2020 because she's already served two of the years. Oh, yeah. Kind of kind of strange. Um, when you brought up Beck, though, I thought naturally about Aswell Kiprop, who... <laughs> of course. I don't know if you saw the news today about Aswell Kiprop, but things are getting very strange for Aswell Kiprop. Like, uh, stranger than they have been? Yes. Wow. Uh, so, I'm just reading some of these tweets. Basically... I don't know the timeline here, so I want to be, I want to make sure this is accurate. And it's kind of hard to get this, um, to to make sure this is accurate. But apparently, he sent a video out of him kissing the girlfriend, uh, or sorry, the wife of his friend and pacemaker Andrew Rotich. Now I don't know, and it and it the the story was going that he did that in response. Because he thought Rotich was the one who implicated him, or if he did this before that, and he's saying that's why Rotich, um, he, I mean, in Kiprop's words, probably blamed him for for the situation. But it's just a complete mess. It's even more of a mess than it was. Wow. Yeah. That's. If it turns out that's not the guy who busted him or who apparently you know turned him in or whatever it is and then you're just kissing his wife or it's it's this is like yeah this has gone into levels that i can't even begin to imagine oh yeah um yeah i did so apparently this morning but i I saw you tweet hey who wants to explain this asbel kiprop thing to me (laughs) julian just responded are you seriously soliciting my opinion so yes julian (laughs) please give us a call um, and explain what the hell is going on. So on Facebook, I think he deleted it, but on Facebook yesterday he put he posted things that this is the woman who have cost me my family peace and career. Um, and then later on that same day is when he sent the, or the day before he tweeted the thing that said character assassination and then cap, cap the letters. So I, I just need to know the timeline here. I don't, I mean, I understand the, the charge and the video has been posted it's a very awkward minute long video. Um, but like that he's saying, is that the reason why is he saying that's why Rotich did it? Or did he say Rotich did it? And this is him getting back. I just, I just don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand most of this situation, you know, for a while, but, um, but, <sighs> Is he helping his cause in any way throughout all of this? No. Like that's 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 the real thing. Like it's it's like, dude, you're not making yourself look better or even sane. Like if anything, it's like, dude, oh, Aspokebros just lost his mind. Yeah, I don't like. I never thought I'd say this, but Kenyan Twitter is like on fire right now. Right. <laughs> like just searching his name on Twitter is just a complete disaster. It's. Uh, I will say this. And I guess maybe now is a point where you're like, okay, this has gone past the point of like, haha. Now it's like, okay, something's seriously wrong. But his last tweet, if I earn justice on what I'm facing today, I will come to run not the mile again, but the barrier race. I will steeple and I will run the barriers. Because right now what he needs is metaphors. Yeah. Like it's... 
it's yeah because he's had to clear so many barriers by making out with friends wives and well so then this tweet makes sense a little more than i am not about to write a book yes i didn't see it coming i am not prepared to i will not stop when i'm falsely accused or when i'm desperate to prove myself the boss is always right but not when he isn't right hashtag i did not eat your chicken so initially, I, I mean, you, I guess you could read into what the hashtag means there. Right. <laughs> I, I looked, I've read that tweet a bunch of times, and it's hard to gather fully. I mean, like, only because I know, like, the situation and, like, what he's upset about. Like, do yeah. I kind of get what he's saying? But if I didn't have any context, there's no chance of understanding what the hell that, all of that means. We need a we need a full explanation for one of our from one of our Kenyan friends here. Yes, to please. Get to the bottom of this, or Julian, uh, <laughs> or Julian who doesn't know anything about it. Uh, before we get to emails, we got some marathon news for the fall. New York City looks to be set, and Chicago added Gwen Jorgensen, but uh, Lagat will be running the men's race. Very nice. And in the women's race, uh, Molly Huddle. I know that happened a couple weeks ago, but. I don't think we've recorded since Huddle has said she's in. And Flanagan as well. So we're going to get Flanagan, uh, Linden, Huddle in New York City. So Along with Kitani the and Cherry. Yeah, like that's a ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, but Americans own the marathon now, so it's like more it's true. Yeah, headlines. It's, it's why even bring up the girls who run 218? Um. Well, especially America has won two of the last two American majors on American soil. That's very true. That's hard to argue with. Hard to argue with results. Um, your thoughts on this? I, I, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I mean, just you know, Katani and Cheryu is you know two of the just you know ridiculous fast times, and obviously Katani's one of the best marathoners ever, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have like yeah, the American contingent of you know Flanagan, Linden, Huddle. Um, I'm. Yeah, this is this is this is loaded. I mean, it's for. I mean, hey, they've two of them have Linden and Flanagan have already won it. Huddle, we're waiting for that big breakout, but you know, it's to, to, to beat Katani and or Cheryu, uh That's that's going to be a a very very difficult uh, task. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, this is this is awesome. I mean, this is the the men's field is good. Lagat's really interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting to forty three. I would say to debut at the marathon in your in your mid forties, basically. Um, but you know, he's been really interesting forever. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of curious what he can do. Maybe he's one of the answers that I need to, to break two ten here. Like if 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 you know Bernard Lagat was one of the reasons that my bold prediction came <laughs> through, that would be just even more absurd. So far, how many do you have? Uh, I, I mean, I guess. Done right. I mean, was under two ten. Yeah, yeah. You have. You're looking at a strong zero. Yeah. I mean. Oh no no no. You have. uh, You have Rob. Yeah, I have Rob. So which I mean, but was basically like counted already in, you know, in my head. But I need someone else to do it. You said how many? What did I say? Three. I honestly can't even remember. Uh, But yeah, you have just Rob. I don't. It's gonna be tough, Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and. New York's not particularly fast, so that doesn't really <laughs> no. that doesn't really help. Um, you know, maybe so, you have some outside shots with like a Shadrach B. Water or Chris Derrick or something like that on like 
you know, yeah. a quick course. But going to need some luck here. It's all right. We'll get it. We'll get it for you. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go to email, houseoverrun at gmail.com. Got two day, or two weeks worth of uh, electronic messages here yeah. to read through. Freaking Gmail changed their inbox, and it's really hard for me to read now. Um, I did see that update, it, yeah. Didn't. Uh, okay, so we asked for Swedish listeners to write in. That's true. Boom, we got one. Alice writes in. Since you asked your potential Swedish listeners to write in if we're as proud as Duplantis as you are, I am hereby writing my first email. Love it. So excited when I got this email. <laughs> I might not be able to speak for our entire country. Oh, yeah, you can, and you are. But at least I'm very proud of him. I watched it live since I watched the Swedish coverage. All focus was on the pole vault. The commentators were very excited, especially since this was our only goal. Although to me, Mondo is more American than Swedish, does his interviews in English, and lives in the States. I understand why he chooses to compete for Sweden. Here, he is basically guaranteed to compete in every championship, and he doesn't have to worry about some American championships qualifier. For example, at the 2017 World Championships, we only had one event, the discus, that had more than three people get the qualifying mark, which makes it generally very easy to pick who gets to compete. If you get the mark, you go. The only disadvantage for Mondo representing Sweden would probably be him as a brand, where I think competing for the U.S. might make better endorsement deals than competing for Sweden. Track and field is not very big and competitive here, and we're only 10 million people, which means that here he doesn't get the attention he deserves. Hopefully, Mondo competing for Sweden can help us get future stars and the attention to the sport. Already the day after his gold, his Swedish home club had several new kids that wanted to come and try track. Imagine the hype if we hadn't given up Norway in 1905. <laughs> I don't think the king at the time realized he was letting go of the future Ingebrigtsens. What a mistake. In less than a month, we have an election. If someone says they're taking Norway back, they have my vote. Make Sweden great again. Hashtag make Sweden great again. Anyway, with or without Ingebrigtsen, I'm very glad for Duplantis. Maybe he can bring a world record to Sweden in the future. Heja Mondo Ukzverij. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Best wishes from a former student athlete that is now back home in Sweden. That is Alice. Awesome. After, you know, after, yeah, reading this email, um, I'm all for Mondo in, in Sweden. Like, this is, <laughs> like, having a, you know, one, like, huge star like that, someone who is, mm-hmm. you know, not only a gold medal threat, world record threat, like all that. And hey, I like when they're U.S. runners or uh, competitors as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's it, it means more for Sweden to get that. And yeah, maybe it's oh, not yeah. the, you know, the endorsements or whatever can be bigger in the U.S., which would make sense, just a, a lot bigger population. But uh, yeah, the Swedes deserve someone, someone cool to cheer about. And this guy's going to be really good for a long time. So, And if it's bringing kids out to track there, done. Love it. We got a Mondo song or a Sweden song that we'll get to at the end of the show. By the way, yes, I so don't think we're. I all have not that heard that. I saw it was happening. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I want to hear it live. It it gave me uh, it gave me a great feeling when I listened to it. <laughs> it made me very happy. I was <laughs> I was very pumped up. Um, Brian Wilson, not the Beach Boy. Yeah, says uh, we're allowed to list more than two places we're from. From how long do I have to live? to have lived there for it to count um a year i guess we'll say a year okay because through all my internships the past few years i could be brian originally from Akron, briefly from dallas berkeley and idaho falls but usually from cincinnati drink uh he said he foolishly didn't watch euro champs i'll have to comment on everything you guys talked about in the show one little britson is tearing it up out there but is anyone else concerned about burnout the next year 
or two. He's handling the level of competition better than Webb did, but you also had a conversation with Otto about how people only have so many years of high-level competition in them, and if he was running the high school times you guys mentioned, is it time to panic? Definitely time to panic. <laughs> uh, Ramo Guliev now has a world gold medal, a Euro gold, and a PR of 1976. So I'm starting to feel bad uh, that anytime he does something impressive, I just chuckle. I like to imagine him listening to this podcast. I've just dying of you guys to take him seriously. <laughs> and then angrily throwing his phone across the room when the jokes come. Uh, Jason, no shame for registering too late to vote in the primaries. I made the same mistake in the last presidential election, so at least it isn't that bad. <laughs> but since you guys are the number one political podcast out there, can we take a second to talk about how ridiculous the calendar for registering to vote is? Why do they need that much lead time? I heard in Canada you're automatically registered when you turn 18, and then they send the ballot to your house for for you. Get it together, America. Uh, four, I saw a post on Facebook from a girl that was in my college freshman orientation group that she was proud to have won a bronze medal for the United States in high jump amidst all the comments congratulating her. I had to inject... Wait, did you compete at NACAX? <laughs> Who knew I'd been so close to such greatness? Oh, I remember telling her at orientation I was hoping to walk onto the track team but ended up defaulting to the running club, and now I just feel like a fool. Uh, five, when I get bored, I make spreadsheets about things I like, and I like the podcast. Therefore, I made a spreadsheet explaining the inside jokes you guys have, and I thought I'd share it with you and anyone else to add uh, to it. Some might say this could have been a Word document, but I'm an engineer and I like spreadsheets. also added episode of Origin column, but this might be a little ambitious. I uh, says, I don't want to hear any more about Great Britain's sprint team. Uh, or any other country sprinting for that matter until someone can assemble a force to compete with Lyles, Coleman, Norman, Gatlin, Benjamin, Rogers, Enterprise. I wish any of their names started with a vowel so I could come up with an acronym, but I will. I think that's <laughs> all I got for now. Uh, Brian, not the beach boy. I got to send Brian an email too here. Uh, and then this is the, the Google sheet. This is amazing. This is what he's got on it. The first one is Kevin owes Harrison a shirt and then explanation. <laughs> Damn it. I, he says, I have no idea how this started, but I know it's a thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I promised Harrison a shirt. Because he introduced other people to the podcast or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I and think. I feel bad because I met Harrison at USA's. So now I have uh, a face to the name. And it just makes it hurt that much more that I can never remember to do it. Uh, Kevin, until next week, Jason, Jessica, Ennis. I think at one point someone emailed in about how Jason produ- pronounced Jessica Ennis' name weird. So he started using it <laughs> as a sign after every... No, that's not... It's Ortis Delay. Ortis, go to YouTube, type in the name Ortis Delay. Just Ortis um, Delay, Jessica Ennis, or Ortis Delay track announcing. Because I, I guess he has another, uh, he, he's broadcasted otherwise. He's but, got multiple gigs. But but the, when he was with Michael Johnson in the same studio. And, studio. Uh, man, it's, it's, yeah, if you haven't heard that, do yourself a favor. Yeah, if you, do, if you don't do that, do you really understand the show? Right. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, his other ones, uh, Easy Double. And the explanation says, in the 2017 World Championships, Jason accidentally referred to Wade Van Niekerk winning the 200-400 would be an easy double, and the listeners latched onto it and hyped it up just to have Van Niekerk fall apart in the much-anticipated 200. Next one, Ramo Guliev. In the same 2017 World Championship race, Van Niekerk fell apart. Ramo Guliev of Turkey, who no one had ever mentioned, came out to win the gold. American record song, not sure when or where this came from, but it's simply a work... Of our, the most ceiling, yet another phrase, Jason accidentally muttered that became a running joke. I like uh, Kevin, the emailer for me, f- or Kevin says, Brian, the emailer for me from Raleigh, but not from Pennsylvania. Drink. I think right. someone emailed in once. Drinking rules for House of Run. <laughs> Sounds right. 4%, just a tease of how arbitrary it was that Nike claimed the shoes they used to break two hours uh, could make a runner run 4% better. Babyface Baby, I think this is Jason, one of Jason or Kevin's kids' names. Is this your kid's name? I Please. believe it's yours. Uh, our Laura, not sure where this came from either, but I know it refers to Laura Muir. I mean, 
R, you put R before everything in Britain. Yeah, because like, it's, it's like our mom. Laura is theirs. Like, and they're very, yeah. they're very proud of that fact. So she's ours. Yeah, she's our Laura. <clears throat> uh, East Grandstands, he says, too soon. <laughs> Chill out, Sydney. This comes from a video someone took of Sydney McLaughlin absolutely smoking a bunch of high school kids in a Swedish relay in which the person recording the video exclaimed, Sydney, chill out. You got that one right. That one's right. Absolutely. Uh, J- Jason voting. Jason mentioned once that he's never voted, so the fans are on a mission to be able to vote. Is it time to panic? I think Kevin always says this at the slightest whiff of trouble. Well, I mean, sarcastically. I don't really mean it. Um, firm down isn't in here, is it? Oh, no. So, yeah, we, we should add firm yeah. down. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's I'm so honor- many other ones, too. Uh-huh. I, I'm honored to be on the spreadsheet, by the way. Oh, of course. I love it. And, and I, I mean, I love that a lot of these are going to come down to me just speaking too quickly and saying stupid stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, yes. which which I, I'd say every couple weeks, Brendan, uh, our friend Brendan, will just text us and saying his favorite Jasonism or moment of the podcast <laughs> was me just saying something wrong or, or foolish. Yeah. It's tough to talk for like 90 minutes. Yeah. And Yeah, I'm not keep, a great speaker, as, as everybody knows. Let's go to Paul. Yeah. This is a collection of unrelated. This is Charleston, Paul, excuse me. Charleston, um, Massachusetts, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, not South Carolina. I wonder if we have any South Carolina listeners. I know we're big in North Carolina. I don't know if we have anybody in South Carolina. Uh, a collection of unrelated thoughts from the past few months because I'm terrible at remembering to email you guys. He says, Boston Rob and plain old Pat came down to Charleston a few months back. Well, okay, so if they came down to Charleston, do you think that means it's South Carolina? Mm. Must be, right? Because if he's already, if Boston Rob is from Boston, right? Charles, okay, we got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Just like the Hasbro Kip Rob tweets. During that visit, we discussed an unceremonious four by two hundred meter indoor women's American record and how that came together. But I've long stopped caring about that discussion because that was seven <laughs> months ago. So moving right along. During that same visit, we discussed track and field athletes going out on top, and I waited so long to write in that not only did someone else beat me to asking the question, but you probably don't remember the question being asked. But yeah, El Garouge. And even longer ago, someone wrote in asking what musician would be the best runner. And I think the best you guys came up with was Mick Jagger. And he says, um, and then he puts a picture of Jared Leto running his pre. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's Jared an oversight. In- <laughs> Massive oversight. Uh, he is, uh, what, the 30 Seconds to Mars? 30 Seconds to Mars. And their famous song is, of course. Uh, I mean, I know, I know multiple um, 30 Seconds to Mars songs. Yeah, but uh, offhand, I don't know. The only rock songs I know start with "I got another confession." <laughs> that's it. So that would be my guess. That's probably Foo Fighters. That I, I believe that is the the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, next point, he says. Every time someone mentions ongoing USADA investigation into the NOP, I picture a group of USADA employees turning to each other and saying, "Oh, do people still think we're doing that?" I'll refrain from directly calling any listeners out because I'm a nice guy, but anyone not named Yuki Kawuchi who says that they ran a solo effort at Boston needs a little bit of recalibrating on that phrase. <laughs> you can still have a rabbit block the wind even if you have pace lights around the track. Nice. Only a couple months late on that thought. That's <laughs> true. Uh, I had been cutting my hair for about 10 years until March when I paid for a haircut for my wedding. It was downright spooky listening to Kevin essentially narrate my own thoughts to me as I prepared for it. Maybe that means I should host a podcast. Maybe I'm Kevin. Not sure. I've since returned to cutting my own hair with my wife's blessing. And guess who was in that wedding? Boston Rob and plain old Pat. Boom. Brought it full circle. All these thoughts were barely worth writing in about. 
back when each was still relevant. But do I look like a quitter to you? That is Charleston. No, I, I love the the like kind of random recap a, a little bit of the oh, past yeah. like six months. Like it's fantastic because I I quasi remember all those things, um, <laughs> but not like completely enough. So it's it's good. We got two here from Brian, the emailer, formerly from Raleigh, but now for Pennsylvania. Drink twice. Um, he's asking. He says Little Britain's definitely a metal favorite for next year. Said you mentioned the last lap mix-up in the women's 5K. That was at Eurochamps when Sal Peter thought she had finished yeah. with 11 and a half laps. He says the same thing happened in the men's 15. Coming down the stretch, Jacob saw one on the lap counter, didn't feel anybody coming up his shoulder, so he thought he had one to go. He ran a 53.6 last lap to run 338, thinking he had one to go. That's a faster last lap and finishing time than Central's run at the USA. Central's arguably... Metal favorite for next year, but the transitive property, which works perfectly for track and field performances, Jacob is a metal favorite. When he runs 325, we'll get ready to play back the tape from last week's pod of you guys saying it'll never happen. While I'm sure his brothers weren't too pleased to be beaten by Jacob, it seemed from the video, photos, and articles, they were generally happy that he ran so well. Hope he sneaks into the Diamond League final. Ozzy Stewie McSwain continues his breakout year with a 354 PR and win in Birmingham. He says, lastly, I predicted an American record in the 1500. Uh, in the 15 for Julian Humvee at the Diamond League final, not a bold pick at all. And then his most recent one that he sent in five hours ago. Uh, what do you guys think Gwen Jorgensen and Bernard Lagat will run? It's a really good question. What and then he says, what's going on with Kiprop, which we already answered. So, uh, yeah, give me your Jorgensen in Chicago and Lagat in New York. Uh, Lagat. Well, you yeah, predict, I guess. I Lagat is go. going to run. He's going to run uh, 211 and change on the low. 211 low. Um, Gwen Jorgensen? Gwen Jorgensen is going to run. <clears throat> Chicago could be a little quicker, but I'm, uh, I think Jorgensen's going to run 231. 231. I don't know. What do you got? I'll go just under on that. Okay. And then I'll go I'll go over on the gut. Fair enough. How about that? Uh Karen writes in. Yeah. Twenty twenty Olympic trials in Eugene. She's firm down. Love it. She says see you in two years. She's also the coolest eleven year old in the world. Starts middle school in T minus one week, which was seven days ago. So today when we're recording. Nice. Braylon, first day of school. Uh she says any advice. PS the shirt is still going strong and he grew into it. <laughs> And then she wants to know if Harrison ever got his shirt. All right, we're getting closer, guys. Uh, and that's from Karen and Braylon. And she sends on a picture. Oh, that's good. Of a text that she sent. Her son says she's firming down for the trials you win. And he replied with, yes. And then another one with Braylon in the shirt. Braylon's so big now. Right? Yeah, Man. and the shirt does fit. So well done. Uh, any advice for middle school? <sighs> Man. Man. The... The older my kids get, and they're not very old, the, like the less I realize I know. And before I had kids, I thought I knew a lot about raising kids because I was around teenagers a lot, teaching and coaching. Mm, yeah. But then we have them in your own. You're just like, man, this is this is difficult. <laughs> uh, middle school, middle school. Braylon will be good. He's he's a he's a cool kid. So just uh, you know, just have be fun. Yourself, yeah, man. just have well, yeah. The, be yourself. That I mean, like obviously that's that's true. But just yeah, have fun and I mean, do your homework too. But just have fun. Do your do your homework, Braylon. Yeah, do that. Don't, do that be, quick, so you can you can have as much fun as possible. Yeah, play basketball, run, run for sure. 
I feel like middle school is the year when people really start obsessing about like how they look and who their friends are and stuff. So just skip all that. Be uh, be sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Move ahead to be, act like a college kid. <laughs> play play the sports. Makes friends that way, and then you'll start a podcast with them in twenty five years. The sports. Start a podcast now. <laughs> right. Right. Why wait? It's true. Start planning your future today. This is sorry, Karen. This is really bad. <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, that was, that was our advice to Braylon. I don't know if she was asking for advice for her, which I really don't have. Oh, I, I have no idea what to do with that. Yeah. Um, but she's raised a great kid from what I can see. Absolutely. So keep at it. Um, and any kid who is already, who, who wants to go to, to the trials already is, is. Yeah. They're ahead um, of the game. Yeah. They're a great kid. Uh, here is Nick from Melbourne. Yeah. That's in Australia. It says, new listener from Melbourne. Found this podcast a couple weeks ago, and I've been listening to back episodes nonstop since. Love it. Love to hear your thoughts on Usain Bolt joining the Central Coast Mariners in the Australian Soccer League. Uh, He also says, well done, Aussies at Birmingham. Uh, McSwain, Ryan Gregson, and Brandon Stark. Stark won the, the high jump. Yeah, so Bolt signed with this Australian Soccer League team and is... He's not officially playing yet, but he's training with them right now. So, I mean, credit to him. He actually did it. This is kind of getting into the Jordan territory of, like, dude, are you actually going to ride the bus? Like, right. are you actually going to, like, like, do the day-to-day things that these guys who probably haven't made in their career what you made in, like, one race? <laughs> but, I mean, I give him credit for trying. I Still don't think it's going to end with him in the Premier League, but I i mean, a lot more people have heard of the Central Coast Mariners than before. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'd be, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I would be uh, very interested to watch him like play in an actual game, like at, yeah. you know, at a fairly high level of competition. I'm sure, I'm sure the mm-hmm. Australian Soccer League is not quite the Premier League, but it's probably pretty, pretty good. And just to see someone, you know, with actual world class speed to be in there yeah. like i'm curious of what that looks like and and what just his actual like soccer skills look like besides just being the fastest guy out there right yeah i mean and, and if you already were a soccer fan i guess there's gonna be some soccer fans who say oh this is ruining the integrity of the game i pay for these central coast mariners tickets. <laughs> I, I can't imagine the, the season ticket holder to the Central Coast Mariners are upset about this. Like maybe they are, maybe there's one guy who's just Mr. Curmudgeon and yeah. he doesn't want that. But like overall, that's got to be kind of fun. Well, I saw some of the people in the league weren't happy about it. Oh, I could see like, that. Yeah, it take, takes a spot from somebody else. To which I say, become the world's fastest human, <laughs> and then you too can take other people's spot in things. This is not an epidemic. It's not going to keep happening. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's it's it's. I, I do get that thing, you know. There's people say that about like with the T- Tim Tebow playing baseball thing. Yeah, Tebow is a a very good college football quarterback and a very bad NFL quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't like it would be one thing if if Tom Brady joined something like that's a little more interesting than that. You know, like it's it's once someone's like the world's best, just like how Jordan was the world's best, like. Yeah, it still sucks that he's you know taken a spot away from you know somebody who's who's worked their whole life for that. But like, my curiosity is too high at that point. I need to know what's going on. Yeah, is Tebow still playing baseball? Uh, he was. He he got injured, so he's out for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. But uh, I mean, I give him, give these people credit for trying. Yeah. And if someone wants to give you a spot, like 
who's going to say no to a spot, right? So Exactly. I guess I, I guess if you're mad, get mad at the team for wanting to make more money. Yeah. Cuz yeah, they will. And yeah. Uh Jim in Denver some meandering subjects, track surfaces. That's number 1. Okay. But he has other things to say. Not just track well, surfaces. It was just track surfaces. No doubt. Thanks. <laughs> that's Jim. Um. <laughs> no doubt a topic you have covered over time. Interested in your thoughts on how improving track surfaces have improved performance over time. Being old enough that I ran on cinder tracks in my high school days, I can assure you that cinder tracks, particularly for distance events, where lane one would get chewed up early in the meet, were considerably slower than the tracks of the last 30 years. In some way, Jim Ryan's world record of 351 running the 60s on beat-up cinder tracks may have been the fastest mile of all time. Supplements. One of the things that baffles me about supplements is why any track athlete would consider taking them. It's a shady industry with much of the actual product uh, produced in China, not exactly a quality control mecca. Uh, three, your PRs. If I understand correctly, your PRs are 436 in the mile, Jason, and something like 1457 in the 5K, Kevin. Nailed it. Uh, you guys consistently apply self-deprecation these times, but in reality, these are high-quality PRs, probably within the top 1% of the population. Obviously, they don't compare to elite athletes, but that's an unfair comparison. Kudos to you gentlemen on these times. They really are quality performances. That is Jim in Denver. I think the reason we do self-deprecation on that is just because we do self-deprecation and everything. But also, I'll say... How fast our listeners are is... Yes, and then like how fast are the people at FlowTrack that I work with. It's like... And anybody in running media that you run into is like crazy fast. So you just get used to not being that good in that perspective. I mean, we, I'm Evan super listens. proud of my, uh, yeah, of, of my performance because like I did work really hard for that, even though it's yeah. like, yeah, like so many people who listen to the show. And like you said, every person who has a running podcast or is a running, yeah. In the media, like ran in college yeah. and ran, you know, pro- professional or something like where it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we were like kind of good high school athletes and pretty good for Nevada, which is a lo- much lower bar. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, in terms of surfaces yeah i mean i think it has a huge impact obviously not experts on it the thing i always think of was when david epstein did that ted talk which you should google and watch it if you haven't they did like a biomechanical analysis of jesse owens's time mm. and and compared him to modern day and he's like right up there with modern day the differences the surfaces and the shoes yes right just the the, the advances there um we're responsible for large drops in time. So, yeah, yeah. that might actually be a 4% difference. Like the difference between track <laughs> and shoes then to right. track and shoes now. Like I, I might, I might be willing to entertain that possibility. Cause that is, that is a drastic difference. I mean, I remember when I, I first started high school in California, before I moved to Las Vegas, it was a dirt track. Um, mm-hmm. and most of the tracks out there were just older high schools. Um, yeah. so a lot of the tracks were like that. And then I moved here and everywhere was a, high school built in the last 10 years basically so they were all all weather um you know faster tracks and it was like i mean it wasn't a huge i wasn't fast at, at really at all at that point um but it was like this thing that it's like oh yeah this definitely feels like it makes a difference and if it rained on the dirt track mm-hmm. in northern california like yeah the lane one would become a mess like all the time so yeah it, it certainly makes a difference one more here from sam and then we'll play our song from sweden yeah um, I'm going to shorten this a little bit. He says, what would happen if Kipchoge tried the Kawuchi method? Well, Kawuchi seems willing to run about every race. Um, I doubt that Kipchoge would go for the pure quantity over quality approach. With that in mind, how many marathons do you think Kipchoge could win in the 212 range in a given calendar year? 
my initial thought was around three each season or six total for the year. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you define quality. Yeah. I mean, he could show up at. <laughs> I mean, lots of the, uh, the rock and roll marathons series. Yeah, and win every the, one of them. The, the Tulsa Marathon. Am I crazy? Like, if I if if Kipchoge decided he wanted to run ten marathons in a year, what do you think like his average time would be? Because I still feel like he could run like oh, 208 under or 209. Right? Yeah, like pretty yeah, easily yeah, yeah. for like. I mean, he's training. What well, the workout got leaked, right? The one time he did some, he did some like 40k run at altitude, and it was just preposterous. Like he's yeah, putting in he's, close to that. As I, mean, like I think a he could easily run. run four marathons at like 205. So um, yeah, you know, it's spread out certain ways. But like <laughs> I, you know, I don't think you necessarily need three mo- or five months of of break if you have a full six weeks between marathons. Like yeah, you could run. Maybe you know you wouldn't quite. You'd be more susceptible to injury, and, and you know maybe not be quite up to your to your normal standard. But I feel like he, you know, he could drop two minutes and be in the two hundred fives. Yeah, he also says on a completely different topic. Uh, I remember a podcast a while ago, a uh, conversation around what an American Ekaden relay style race might look like, and I have an idea: make it part of the Olympic marathon trails bidding process in between olympic cycles there will be a circuit of relays that take place on the course that are bidding for the trials i would imagine a decent number of professional groups would be interested in testing the different courses and providing feedback and it would give the city a chance to try hosting an olympic style event with all the fixings that i picture in my head but probably don't exist i'm imagining teams of four or five breaking up the course into roughly five to seven mile segments and the race is happening during the end of the summer where the calendar can be kind of dead and marathons are starting to build up so fall be cool to see a college team try their hand on their own a la ben flanagan winning falmouth not that it would ever happen, but it'd be awesome to see relays on historic courses like Boston to see how quickly teams can cover the course. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, we yeah, all for that. Ekidens of the future. I think that's what we learned. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I would watch that. I'd be very intrigued by that. Uh, yeah, I. It's weird. Like people are super into road racing, right? Right now, mostly because like they can participate in it. Um, but that's had this side effect. Of people being very interested in the you know the elites running top Americans and top international runners, mm-hmm. I think it's like a you have to go like another step to get to that, right? Like people have to be really, really even more into it to get to the now we're gonna be invested in a a road race with a relay component to it. But I mean, the running community I think would be. Crazy. I mean, there's one, there's one thing the running community constantly asks for is basically like more, more relays, right? And mm-hmm. more competition between clubs, teams, or universities. I don't know if there's an appetite for that outside of the running world, but that's the thing that people. I mean, the hypothetical we get the most on the show is what? Who would win in a four by eight between Bowerman Track Club and right. Oregon Project or? Uh, Borley's versus Ingebrigtsen. Like, that's the thing that the people are just, like, infinitely fascinated by. So, thanks to Sam uh, for the message. Let's go uh, to our, our voicemail. It's entitled, Hello from Sweden. Yes, here we go. From Matt. Hello, US of A, House of Run family. It is Swedish Sven here. I wanted to sing to you a record song. So here we go, uh, Vahetera. Hello, did you see our record? It was a Swedish record. Maybe it's a US record too. 
It's a ratified post by a Scandi athlete or a relay team composed of Scandi athletes on Swedish land or European soil or abroad. Hey man, did you see that Swedish record? Goodbye, House of France. See you soon, my friends. That was fantastic. That was excellent. That that's dedicated to Mondo, right? I mean, it's, it's got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. It's it's, and it was. He, he set an American record and a Swedish record, so he got, he got both. Um, that was that was amazing from Matthew. I want to. I want. I'd watch it behind the music on that. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not sure what what's the instrument at the end. I mean, it sounds like an accordion, think, but I mean, it might just be a. Yeah, I enjoyed I I enjoyed that very very much. Um, yeah. Oh man, that was that was fantastic. Well, we didn't really start the episode in a place of fun and joking and levity, but we certainly <laughs> ended true. there. Thanks, Matthew. Oh, yeah, that really that, that was that was a perfect way to end there. <sighs> yeah. All right, houseofrun at gmail dot com. See if you guys can top that. Thanks to uh, everybody. Thanks to everybody who wrote in and said, "Hey, where's the episode this week?" Yes, last week. No, yeah, it, it was nice because, like, we of course we love doing the episodes and we love to, you know, give, give the guys. You, like I said, I hate when I listen to a podcast and then for whatever reason it's it's not there. It kind of just throws off the the usual week. But um, yeah, it's nice to know that people miss it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason, for for coming back on. Uh, obviously, I miss chatting with you because it's become part of. My routine, and obviously, there's things vastly more more important than the pod. But I mean, I'm thinking about you guys a lot and your family, um, and I know the listeners are as well. I'm sure we'll get some um, well wishes. So, um, on on behalf of all them, just uh, we hope hope for all the best here for you guys. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it, I said it was some uh, you know really rough news, and it's been it's been a, a little a rough week or so. Um, but uh, you know, now we're just in kind of being positive, going to do everything we can and kind of, you know, see what we can do here. Classic Halpin. <laughs> I love it. All right, folks. Once again, the email address, houseofrun at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Diamond League Finals. And the Continental Cup is coming up. That's right. Yes. That silence was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week. <laughs> Jessica Ennis. We have a gloriously sunny Ooh. day here in the studio. Um, we've seen some action this morning as well. Jessica Ennis, good night. Nothing like the original. Hit him, with, hit him with the original. Yep, needed to be done. Didn't even need to look it up. You're all indebted to Jason. <laughs>